this. And you can get kind of defensive almost of like, what do you mean my relationship with my mom is too close or she shares too much with me? It can be a really big realization. What are we talking about? Um, we my, have a lot of stuff going on this week. Well, I feel so. I'm like, if you're watching, I'm wearing this like Clemson sweatshirt, and then I'm coming off a weekend of like all sports. Mm-hmm. I woke up at 9 a.m. to go watch soccer <laughs> this I past Saturday. 11, you'd already had an entire social plan. Then we went day. to the Eagles game. Oh, like, so now I'm just like rocking this Clemson sweatshirt. Like, I'm just, I'm heavy in the sports game this week, just this week. All your teams are doing well. Week, I, I can't relate. <sighs> It feels nice. It happens to me a lot. <laughs> and my high school team too. And our podcast. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. There's been points where it's like my high school football team, my college football team, and my NFL team are all just like dominating. Um, Smyrna High School really glowed up. Once. They did? Oh, my high school team is like bomb. They like blow people out of the water. It's not even fun to watch. I didn't know about this. I didn't know you... <laughs> It wasn't like that when I was there, History which would have been so fun. It would have been like varsity blues. It wasn't like that when I was there. It was just average. It's sad when you miss it because I went to Danny University and they're like the Hoosiers, like the biggest, most famous basketball <laughs> team like in the country. And I just missed all of it. Bobby Knight left before I went to school there. Oh, and they weren't good when you were there? All sports were horrendous when I went to Indiana. So it is. <laughs> if I could change like one thing, I would go to like a Big Ten school that had like a real like football program. Like I look at the games. I know Clemson isn't a Big Ten school, but I look at the football games at schools like that and I really regret not doing it I mean Clemson was fine when I was there but now I mean and I went again this year so it's just like a different type of experience but I mean the Eagles we went to we'll talk about it it was fine we had a very fun day out we socialized (laughs) with each other Um, and also speaking of outfits I am wearing jeans for the first time in five years for a podcast recording first time in history it's crazy how do you feel I wore on my loose jeans, so I feel okay. <laughs> um, these are my favorite pair of jeans. They're from Free People. Uh, my whole wardrobe is Free People these days because it's just baggy and I love it. So yeah. um, that's what I'm wearing. And I don't know how does it look sitting. It's good. I mean, if you're comfortable. I'm comfortable. Very different vibes. <laughs> we have a meeting today, but I was like, I'm not, I can't wear jeans to record. I'm going to go and change after this. I'm too fragile. My face <laughs> is fucked up. We'll talk about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, and this episode is brought to you by BetterHelp Therapy Online. For 10% off your first month, go to betterhelp.com slash gg. So you know if you listen to this show that we are such fans of therapy and anything that can really improve your mental health and get you to a better place where you are loving and enjoying your life more and spending the time the way you want to. A lot of people spend their lives wishing they had more time, but the question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority so therapy can really help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. It's so helpful for learning positive coping skills, how to set boundaries, empowering you to be the best version of yourself. Therapy isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma, etc. It helps you with your relationships, whether romantic, friendships, family, all the things. So we really cannot recommend it enough. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and then switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So again, check out BetterHelp, see if it works for you, learn to make time 
for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash GGE today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash GGE. So our holiday shows this week, I yes. am really so excited. It is my favorite tradition of every year. I have to like have active talks with myself to not cry on stage. I just get so excited. So, and for all of our shows, uh, but the holiday show is coming up. If you guys haven't submitted and you're coming to the show and you want to send us stories, um, just wild sex and dating stories, people you're coming with, you want to roast your friends. If you're coming with single guys uh, or you crazy breakup stories, you can email stories at girlsgottoeat.com. Yes, single guys definitely let us know. Mm-hmm. Send us their resumes, their dating resumes. Oh yeah, I their love dating it. profiles, whatever it may be. But yeah, um, and yeah, so we're so excited about that. And then we'll go on tour in 2023, starting in February. Getting so excited. Already booked. I went hard yesterday. I started booking flights, booking hotels, and just forwarding you confirmation numbers. We've never done that before. We always like sit down together. I'm not and doing we, like, it. I was it like, this is stressing me you out. You really just sent me all those emails, and you were like, these are the hotels, and these are the flight times, and you were like, this. This is by the Cheesecake Factory. We can go there before the flight. This is by this restaurant in Denver. We can land and go get brunch there. The place where we had a fight in Denver. Well, do you ever just get a wild hair and you're like, I got to book these flights. Like in my head, I'm like, yeah. there's one seat left at this price. I'm going to, I have to get it. You know, like I just was like, I'm booking this. I have hotels.com credits to use. Like I just went ham and just was like forward, forward, rain a book this. And you're like, thanks. Well, we also have been traveling together for so many years. It's like, we know what the other person yeah. wants to do. Where yeah. we want to stay. Like one hotel that we we would stay in in Salt Lake City. You know, there is a really, new, you're going to like it. <laughs> Ashley knows if she finds me a strip mall near the place or a cheesecake factory. I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm excited. So you can get those tickets at girlsgottoeat.com. Tons of shows. There's still tickets for some stuff. Um, so many new cities that we're coming to. We're just so excited. And those are amazing holiday gifts that you can just print out and give to somebody. So yes, we did this, Ray mentioned it last week, but I really just want to double down on it. And we'll have Anna show this on the screen. We made this really cute like holiday family Christmas card of me, Raina, and Azul. And so you can get the card and then put like your printout for your tickets in it and make it like a really cute gift. Uh, we can't wait to see you guys on the road uh, coming in 2023. And then um, we have vibes only gifts, whatever you guys want to get. Of course, of all of our amazing vibrators and lubes and blow gel and massage oil, the Get Wet set. Uh, the Lucy is this amazing new toy that we have. And I had this, I saw this funny email. Did you see this? I did Come. not see it. And I like when you read an email and I, know I, I won't read <laughs> you like it. like when I read? The subject line is tis the season slash vibes only gift idea. And this, yeah, sure. This is a plug for vibes only. But in general, this is like a cute gift idea mm-hmm. for, for your partner. It's really creative and they're long distance shows. So she says, hey, ladies, wanted to tell you about what I'm giving my boyfriend for Christmas and how I'm incorporating vibes only. We've been dating four months and are long distance, so we only see each other on the weekends. They're they're having some great sex. New and long distance. Oh, they are All fucking. All I would be doing is fucking. <laughs> four months long distance. Yeah. Okay. I wanted to do something thoughtful that wouldn't break the bank and decided on an advent calendar because what's more fun than opening a gift every day? Go off. It's all small little things. A note, a sexy Polaroid. We love that. His favorite snack, etc. I'm getting an IUD this week and told him it seems <laughs> unlikely I'll be in the mood for sex this weekend. So his advent present this Friday is vanilla frosting blow gel for him to bring to my house this weekend. That is incredible. She's getting an IUD. So she's like, you get a blow job. 
This girl, if this guy doesn't propose to her the day she gives him the blowjob. She says, I'm excited to try it out and think it's a fun and thoughtful way to say I'm thinking about him. <laughs> yeah, I'm for sure. <laughs> Let's be honest. It's really a present for me, but I know he will be real excited when he opens it. I'll be sure to report back. No, it's a present for him. The IUD is present enough for him, actually. That is so <laughs> funny. Can you imagine? That's one of his gifts. She it's a like- receipt for her IUD. <laughs> <laughs> So you actually might be able to like ask the doctor to give you one. It's just like a little plastic tea. Like you could actually just like pop that into the advent calendar. What an actual IUD? An IUD. I don't know what it costs. I don't know how much more. How much money? I don't think they're giving them out. It's not like a bogo. (laughs) You can't just like ask your doctor for one. Probably just get what the receipt. All right, she could put the receipt in there. But I think this is a great gift. An IUD. An IUD. He's like, what is this? And she's like, it is free coming forever yeah. inside of me. Um, I just love this. I think it's so sweet and special and creative. And you know, I'm bad at gifts. You know, I'm like the least thoughtful gift what? giver. I'm so, I'm so bad at it. I start to panic. I don't, I'm bad at it. You're really good at it. You like, Wait, you, what are you talking about? You like run around the city and like for my family, you always get these like crazy gifts. I put effort in, but they're not like... You commissioned a painting for me one year. You got me like this really nice boob necklace that had me getting like a breast reduction. Like I don't, I don't, my brain doesn't work like that. I don't think of those things. I know. I've already, I've gotten you like three things already. It's, I, <laughs> it's I've, one I of start, my worst qualities. I, one of them I even got in October. This is what I'm saying. Well, I this see is, stuff and I think of you. That's what I'm saying. You but got you're me a nicer that- person in life. <laughs> So that's my gift for you. I have to compensate the for other, being a bit. The other 364 days is my gift to you. I'm just nicer in life. Thank you. That was really nice. It's one of my worst qualities. I don't think of those things. You do. You start thinking of stuff in October, but I actually am a little <laughs> ahead of it. I did write in my notebook by Christmas gifts for the Hasseltines. So I will, it, well, I won't be doing this the week before Christmas, but um, yeah, I'm bad at it. So anyways, this is really thoughtful. And I know that like, Maybe maybe you already bought a vibrator from us. So you're like, what else can I possibly get? We have tons of stuff that are great for like stocking stuffers and advent calendars. We have a cum towel. The cum towel is like the, the best stocking stuffer you mm-hmm. could get anybody. Your, your parents. Can you imagine? <laughs> you should put that in my mom's stocking. Would she get mad? Would you get Would mad? Would she get mad? Would you get mad? Would Mac get mad? No, no. Um, maybe not. But I think it's funny. Yeah, give I it to Lindsay it and Buck. I'll give it to Buck. Yeah, yeah. Give it definitely give it to Lindsay and Buck. I just think we have so many like really fun gifty things. We have the massage oil, we have the lube. It's an incredible lube. Um, I could have used some lube this weekend. We'll talk about it. And <laughs> you know, I've like started bringing a little travel thing of lube when You've I'm when I carry that. on. Yeah, yeah. I'll, put, I'll put a little bit in my like little travel necessary bottle. <laughs> I always think of super bad when he's like, and I brought this little thing of spermicidal lube. Spermicidal lube. And then um, Jonah Hill's like, you brought lube? <laughs> yeah, little bottle, spermicidal lube. Doesn't have a, a little bit, yes, when he says Michael it. Michael Sarah. I guess he just has that like Michael Sarah voice. Yeah, he's like a little Michael. Does he have a lisp? A little bit. Maybe I just hear other people lisping because I have a lisp. Um, so those are great gifts. Can I address something in my face? And for one, I haven't even brought up. If sure. you guys are watching the YouTube, I just look a little like greasy and puffy. And so I just wanted to, I'm not wearing any makeup. I can't wear makeup. So I got this procedure done. I obviously went to plastic surgery of Short Hills with Dr. Ovchinsky, where I got, who did my nose. If you guys, some people still ask me who did my rhinoplasty and it is Dr. Ovchinsky and he is the absolute best. My nose is absolutely perfect. You know it is. And we go there and we get our fillers and our uh, Botox and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to get this thing and I will say, this treatment is called Morpheus 8, and it's a laser and a microneedling together. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, but I heard about it on Randomly the Skinny Confidential. They had a guest on that talked about it. And mm-hmm. then those were our guests last week. And then I heard about it, or Jack Vanek, who from Lady Gang, she got it done. So I think it's it's really hot because it's like very effective and no, not a lot of downtime. Yeah. Um, like a chemical peel, like people can't like go out in public right, for right. days afterwards kind of stuff. Um so I will update you guys on like how I feel about the... Re- I got it yesterday as we record. Um, so I'll update you guys on how I feel about it next week. But um, it was intense. It, it, You know, it's funny because they were like, have you had... I've gotten ne- needles to the face, obviously. Mm-hmm. I'll do Botox and fillers and stuff, but I have never done like a microneedling or a laser to the face. And uh-huh. so I feel like they were like, have you ever had a laser or a peel or microneedling? And I was like, no. And I feel like that's insane to do both at the same time like to do this thing because it's so intense I feel like that's like you've never sucked a dick or gotten your pussy and you're like let's 69 let's do all of it <laughs> like let's just go so it was it was a lot it's it's painful they numb you mm-hmm. I've done it before and I did and I, I had never done any needling or lasering ever I only did my neck I did it a couple years ago but um yeah I went full send the first time also a laser is a lot and a need and microneedling. Yep. And when you put them together, you're like, what the fuck? We were talking about this yesterday. Men could never be women. Not for even five minutes. Yeah. Can you imagine? Men couldn't even go through like a, a waxing. No. One time you just get a man to like wax anything on his body. He couldn't do it. I mean, they do it. Do they, they wax stuff? Yeah. I mean, it was like Sweet Peach Raquel, like she tells us she waxes guys all the time. I mean, they, they will do like their balls and stuff. But a lot mm-hmm. of guys come in for just like chest, back. Uh-huh. I mean, I, if a guy's got a hairy back, like I would prefer him to wax it because I don't like a spiky shaved back. On the hierarchy, I'm going, I guess wax, hairy. <laughs> yeah, why are we not just- well, like, I, I'm down with a hairy shit. chest, but I don't, I don't need a back sweater. It's not for me. Big hairy shoulders, nope. Nope. I guess it's gross. No I haven't really thing. I haven't really encountered it a lot. What I what I hate, the lowest level of body is shaved. And I just hate it. I would rather a full body sweater on your body than shaved chest. I hate it. I just I, I know. if your back is shaved, I'm like, who's doing this for you? Then I have questions about it. Yeah, I I did this guy, the guy that I met at DUI school, and I was like, who is shaving you? What was the answer? Like a roommate? I mean, back he then, was like, a roommate. I he was like, I do it. I'm like, you can't reach back there. No, you can't. Nah, there's no way. I guess you could get your shoulders if you're like a little bit. I don't know. I don't want it. I think it's I just, dangerous. I think um, it's a risk to try to shave your shoulder, like your back. Like, I, I don't know. Um, we had a fun weekend this past weekend that we're recording. Uh, you had a wild night. I'm still recovering. I have a four day long hangover, but I'm okay. I'm I'm getting there. Um, I met this guy on Friday night. I am not gonna like tell the whole story. I might tell you guys the whole story next week. Basically, I had a very fun one night stand with somebody and we'll like see where it goes. But I like saw this guy at a bar and he was really cute and I ended up going home with him. I did things with him that no one should ever do with a stranger. It was <laughs> Every hole, every single thing. Oh my God. It was, I can't even, I I look back at this night and I'm just like, who was she? I can't believe all the stuff I just did. I remember him, he was looking at me being like, who are you? This is everything on the menu that you could imagine. We did all of them. I love it. Um, And then I like stumbled out of there at like 7.30 in the morning. I agreed to go to an Eagles game with Ashley and then I slept all day and he has been nonstop texting me and calling me and asking if he can come over for 48 straight hours. 
hours. And I'm Is he just, still at it? Yeah. He's still at it. And he, <laughs> at, you're like, it's Tuesday, sir. On Saturday at like 11, he was like, I want to come over. And I was like, I just left. Like, just leave me alone. And then I like remembered like... This guy found somebody that does insane things. And so like, I don't blame him. Yeah. Like I understand him being like, I want to go back for more. Like I think yeah. that some people can just be for sex purposes and that's probably what he'll be. And that's still fine for me. I'm not looking to get a boyfriend three weeks before we leave for uh, LA. I feel like that is how it happens though. You hear that all the time. You know, you like give less fucks if you're about to leave a place. I've, se- I've heard so many stories like that where some people meet right before someone's like about to move. Yeah, because it's like vacation sex. It's like yeah. you just don't care at all. It's yeah. like I'm on I'm on vacation. I'm this is my senior semester in New York City, and I don't <laughs> care. I'll do anything. Yeah, yeah. What else can I tell you guys about it? Um, I'll tell you like the full story coming up. I don't want to like tease you guys or anything, but I will. Well, you're gonna share some stuff at the shows. Yeah, yeah. It's and not about like subscribe to our Patreon to get the full deets. It's like yeah. you're gonna talk about something. <laughs> you're not trying to hold back. Like, but some of the stuff we're gonna talk about the holiday shows. Yes. And p- probably even into 2023. I have not had like a wild night with a guy like that in a long time. And um, I said over the summer and towards the end of the summer, like I just wasn't feeling great about my body leading up to the breast reduction. And then of course you have a breast reduction and it's just like, it feels weird to be naked in front of new people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it makes you feel a, a, just a certain way about your body. But I feel great about my body and the breast, the breast reduction is healing. He did look at me. I remember him going, have you had a breast? Have you had a breast reduction? And I was like, yeah, so? Like, I like snapped back and he was like, I was just wondering where the scar was. That's all. Like, yeah. And then just like kept it moving. Like, I do have an obvious scar, but it's like nothing crazy. And I'm perfectly happy to be naked in front of somebody. So um, it was just like a really fun experience. Good. I'm yeah. glad. Yeah. Azul, do you want to come back up here? You're, sta- you're looking so longingly over here. Come on. No? Okay. What? Does he look scared? Cutie. <laughs> Are you okay? Azul, come on. Is it the weather? Uh, oh, oh you know, he, if, 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 is, it, is it supposed to thunder? He can feel that. Oh, my God. He's doing it. You guys, <laughs> you guys he's up. <laughs> if you're watching, he's up on the top of the couch again. Is, this, is he doing any ear apartment? He's like cosplaying a cat. <laughs> um, <laughs> he, he doesn't. No, he does not. Do, I'm, I'm just trying to think of my couch. He could get up there on my couch. He's not. I love it. Hi, Hi cutie. Okay, we want to thank HelloFresh for supporting Girls Gotta Eat. Go to HelloFresh.com plus GGE free and use the code GGE free for a free breakfast for life, one breakfast item per box while subscription is active. So whether your goal is to save money, eat better, stress less around mealtime, or maybe you want to learn how to cook, HelloFresh is fantastic for that. There is so much variety. I love their lunches and dinners. I love their easy cleanup. They call them quick and easy meals. They have 15-minute recipes. Everything's broken out into really simple steps to follow. So they send all these pre-portioned ingredients. There's so much variety on the site. So I'm just like looking at what they have right now. Cheesy pork and fried pickle burgers. Ashley and I are obsessed with the burgers. Sizzling garlic herb butter steak. Oh my gosh. Crunchy curried chickpea bowls. So when I go through this, I think like there's so much stuff that's great for vegetarians or stuff that's great for kids. I love it for a girl's night or a date night. Whatever you're kind of looking for at your mealtime, I really recommend HelloFresh. And they just make it so simple. Go to HelloFresh.com slash GGE free and use the code GGE free for a free breakfast for life. One breakfast item per box while subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash GGE free with code GGE free. 
Okay. Thank you to Helix for supporting Girls Gotta Eat. Go to helixsleep.com slash GGE. Take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. Use code HELIXPARTNER20, and you'll get 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows. You guys know how obsessed we are with Helix. Both of us have multiple Helix mattresses. It's all we sleep on. I have made sure that my parents have one, my brother has one, my boyfriend has one. I just refuse to go anywhere and not sleep on a Helix mattress. That is how obsessed we are. The Helix lineup offers 20 unique mattresses, including the award-winning Lux Collection, which we love. We have the Lux Collection mattresses, the newly released Helix Elite Collection, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and even a mattress made just for kids. So for everyone in the family, and you're just going to take their quiz, which is really fun, and then they will give you your personalized mattress recommendation. It's going to be shipped straight to your door free of charge. You can try it out for 100 nights to make sure you love it, and then there's a 10 to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. We know everybody sleeps differently. You might sleep on your back, your side, roll around all night on your stomach, or you might want a soft, medium, or firm mattress. We are all so different. So that is why they offer really something for everyone. And so you're just going to order what works best for you, come straight to your door. You can sleep on it that night. You're going to love it. It will change your life. You'll get the best sleep of your life and you can thank us later. So Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash GGE and use code HELIXPARTNER20. This is their best offer with Helix Better Sleep Starts Now. Okay. So today we um we are doing this Mama's Boy episode that has been such a long time coming mm-hmm. with Whitney Goodman and she was so great so we have a great interview coming up but I wanted to just like address a few <laughs> different things about us like taking pictures of his I mean look at him is he like, the cutest no um what I know you're so but one thing I just wanted to say in terms of the the episode that I didn't I feel like we didn't get to say with her and of course I think that we're like all aligned with this stuff is like a lot of these situations with like your partner or somebody that you're dating or even your husband, fiona, fiance, boyfriend, whatever it may be, and his mom, I feel like sometimes the inclination is just to be like Oh my God, she's so overbearing. She's such a bitch. She's just like obsessed with him. She's ruining our lives. She's ruining my life, you know? Yeah. And I think that it's easy to turn to frustration and anger, but if you can pull it back and try to approach these situations with compassion and just shift your mindset a little bit, I think it can be like very helpful because I think that this is a woman that probably never intended to have a son and become this type of mom. You know, like I think yeah. that whatever happened along the way, She's probably struggling too. I say this as someone who has like gone to situations like, you know, the wrong way, like too, too angry with non up compassion and things like that. So I just think it's nice to approach these situations in this way as much as you can because to get what you want out of them. Mm-hmm. Like I think that we're all about trying to get you listeners what you want out of these situations that are confusing, frustrating, et cetera. Um, I'm glad that you talked about like leading with empathy and compassion and empathy, I feel like the other word. <laughs> I feel like as I get older and I'm I, I mean I certainly don't have children but a lot of my girlfriends have children now and I watch them be mothers and like one of my best friends at home Laura like I watch how she is with her son and she has so many like hopes and dreams for who he's going to be and what their relationship's going to be like and she you make a child you have them on a pedestal you have all of these things you want for their lives and I think that you know somebody enters the picture and maybe as a mother they aren't exactly what you think your child is going to date or 
they aren't super close with you and you're like, I feel like I'm losing my child. And so I mm-hmm. understand that sometimes some of these digs and some of this behavior is just bred from that. You have all these expectations for like the most important person in your life. Like mm-hmm. my, my friends that are parents, their children, of course, are the most important people in their lives. And you have certain wishes and hopes for their lives. And hopefully that doesn't come out in not being kind to a partner. But I guess right. sometimes it does. We're all imperfect people. And a lot of people don't even realize that they're not being kind. And we talked about this on the episode. Like some of this behavior is just completely like not purposeful. You have no idea you're even doing it. Mm-hmm. The intent behind the, the behavior is not to hurt somebody's feelings. I mean, sometimes. It I does. mean, it could be. Yeah. Right. And then it's like, that's different. yeah, that, that sucks. But that's you know, different. also like hurt people hurt people. So it comes from somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that you, I'm not saying you should be empathetic and compassionate to someone who is like berating you or making racist remarks or anything like that. I mean, but. But in, in general, like before you tackle these situations head on or figure out how to move forward, it is, I think, just if you, as much as you can shift your mindset. Yeah. So you're not seeing red when you're trying to talk to someone about their family. Yeah. Cause I, I think, and we'll talk about this, you know, you do step into a lot of landmines when you do start to tell somebody about yeah. their family. Yeah. People are like, well, I can say this, you fucking can't. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, yeah. I don't, my mom can be completely impossible. I still have not enjoyed my partners making comments about it. That's, right. I'm allowed to talk shit, not you. Yeah. So um, that is for people that we, I think are not throwing grenades intentionally. I do think sometimes a parent really is just kind of like stoking the fire a little bit and they're like, bitch, you won't say anything. Mm-hmm. You won't do it. You know, yeah. and I'm, um, that's really uncomfortable, and we acknowledge that throughout this episode, of course. Yeah. So I, we talk about microaggressions and somebody kind of stoking the fire and poking you a little bit. And we got this email that just perfectly summed up <laughs> this situation for me in terms of like, you're sitting there like, I'm a rational person. I know this is happening, and I can't prove it, but I know that somebody is just like crossing little baby boundaries, and I don't love it. And so this girl wrote this email, and it was just so perfectly done. Um, and so I just won't, wanted to read it for the episode. So... um. Really what I wanted was for you to read it for the episode. (laughs) I'm the email reader. All right, well, pass me your little paper. Okay. Um, Okay. So the subject line was the mother of all mama's boys. I love that. The The mother mother of all mama's boys. Okay. She says, geez, where do I begin with this? My ex was a huge mama's boy. He talked to her every morning. She would randomly stop by. We lived only five minutes away. It was just bad. When my boyfriend and I were talking about taking next steps, getting married, she went insane. I would catch her going through my things. She would constantly twist stories around to my boyfriend about how rude I was to her. Anyway, to wrap this all up, the nail... In the coffin was my boyfriend's birthday. We went to her house for dinner. She ordered all the food and made it very clear as an appetizer. She got everyone clams except for me, saying I told her I didn't like clams, which she has seen me eat clams in the past. <laughs> so I'm saying this shit's so petty. I love it. Well, it's just... Like, it's, I'd be like, wait, what? I like clams. What are you talking about? Also, how much are clams that you can't just like get some extras just in case somebody wants them? I mean, you know, they... Clams can be expensive. Seafood can be market price. It can be high. I don't think clams are expensive. I think clams and mussels, low low market price. Well, you never know what's going on with the seafood industry. Um, There's like a crab shortage (laughs) right now. Okay. So she said... Not making a big deal out of it, my boyfriend shared his clams. She was not happy, saying that she only got those clams for him. Later in the night, we were taking food for leftovers, and I'm putting the food in a bag, not taking any of the clams. She comes over and tells me that I'm putting the food in the bag all wrong. <laughs> in my polite way, I allowed her to package the food. Little did I know, she put all the leftover clams in our food bag. The next day... <laughs> what is happening with Clamgate? The next day, my boyfriend got mad at me for taking the clams because they were supposed to be for his nephew. She set her up. She set her up. It ter- oh. 
<laughs> it turned into a terrible situation. I wasn't allowed back in our house because I was a liar and stole the clams. <gasps> so, oh no, the mom framed her. Sorry, I just I I've um skimmed this. I didn't get to the end, like the actual okay. So this quote unquote clam stealer broke up with him, and I am so grateful because I don't have to deal with her anymore. I didn't realize that set the her mom up. set her up. Set her up. But then her boyfriend should they who what the, where'd the nephew come from? Like I am also clams don't really keep like they're not a leftover again they're cheap <laughs> also like there's not a clam shortage and no one can afford clams but this is- i write that clams you eat them in the moment they're not a to-go they're not they don't sit they don't sit long term you know are they opened yeah once they open i mean they can sit in pasta like mussels yeah, but, but you're like, gonna put a bunch of open clams in a to-go bag. Well, you know how I feel about shells. I would never fuck with a clam. I don't get the, get that stuff away from me. But yeah, you could put it there. They don't reheat well. Like yeah. they get like gummy and rubbery, and they're not oh. like great. And also, like the clams are supposed to be the nephew. Like <laughs> I, <laughs> I also can't believe this started a fight. Like, can you imagine you're telling your man about this and he takes her side and he accuses you of being a clam stealer? <laughs> Like, what kind of relationship is this that you can't be like, you know your mom's crazy, right? You know that, like, this is, like, Clamgate, like you said. And, like, she clearly wouldn't let me eat them at the table and you had to share them with me. Like, we're rationing clams at this dinner table. You see this as crazy, right? And for him to be like, you're crazy and a thief. <laughs> this is so insane to me. Yeah, well, she dodged a bullet with that. That is so insane. I can't believe the clams broke them up. I mean, again, we'll talk about this in the episode, but this type of thing, as long as my boyfriend was on my side, I could laugh this off. Like I could be like, also I do comedy. Like I'd be like, just so you know, I'm talking about Clamgate this week on my show. Definitely. You know, like if I, <laughs> as well, okay. Do your thing, man. All right. Right, right on, on the paper. Um, <laughs> he doesn't like clam gate. I really, like, I empower people, though, to actually, like, take a step back, look at your life, and be like, I don't know that I want to marry into this. Like, this is a long True. road. Like, I don't think most people's solutions is, like, fuck this family, and I'm not hanging out with them. Like, I think most people are like, I just got to settle into this. And it's like, when you zoom out, and you look at every single holiday for the rest of your life, and the people that are going to be the grandparents to your children, if that really doesn't look like something you want, like, I think that people do feel empowered and should feel empowered to maybe yeah, abso- not absolutely situation yes. and we'll talk about that today we're not trying to get ahead of ourselves but i just this stuff to me i guess it does it feels different when you're in it but if my partner and i were on the same team about it and could la- laugh about it i'd be like you're a fucking crazy mom i would she, be like this is I, hysterical I, like i like live for this kind of shit i would set up more dinners with her just to see the other crazy shit she was gonna do <laughs> yes okay so this is this thing i wanted to to bring up i've been holding on to this um it's about boundaries Raina loves boundaries uh can't can't talk about boundaries enough and this was a post on the skim that was like right before Thanksgiving, but I think we're obviously going in, we're still in the holiday season, but these are from uh, Nedra. So it says the skim said, we called it Nedra Tawab to break down why setting boundaries is especially important during the holidays and scripts to use in certain situations. So I loved this. I, and Nedra posts this a lot too. If you guys aren't following Nedra Tawab, we had her on the show. She has two books now and we'll probably have her back on at some point, but she does talks about boundaries. And I like this post because it says boundary setting tip 
don't know how to respond to relatives saying offensive things over the holidays, try. And then they have three bullets. The first one, I feel uncomfortable with the statement you made. The second one, can you rephrase that? And the third one, wow, I'm unclear how to respond. That was unkind to say. And the comments is where it really got lit. And I... (laughs) What I love the most and what I was I told you to try was something that you were dealing with over the holidays. And what I'm seeing a lot more is just straight up, can you repeat that? In work situations, mm-hmm. in family situations, like asking someone to repeat something offensive is the biggest power move because they're either going to repeat it and sound insane or they're going to realize what they said was out of pocket. So I... I love that. And there was a couple of like, yes, in the comments, can you repeat that? Having them repeat it makes them rethink, reframe what they said. And then I like this other one in the comments. That's an interesting thing to say out loud. (laughs) That's my favorite one of all these comments. Um, I feel like people (laughs) make jabs at me in my life. I mean, everybody does. And you sort of do a double take and an hour later, you're like, damn it. I wish I would have addressed that better. I wish I would have stuck up for myself better. Cause there's so many times somebody will say something to you and you're like, skirt, what? But you're so taken aback by it or shocked by it. And then you let it go. These are things you don't really have to think about that much. Like sometimes I hear like boundary setting verbiage and I'm like, no one talks like that. And I'm not going to remember that in the moment Definitely. because I'm already like the cortisols in my brain. Like I'm triggered. triggered. Yeah. yeah. And I'm mad and I'm not in like a calm, rational moment to be like, you know, that really was unkind and it really hurt my feelings. <laughs> Um, what I really want to say is like, fuck you, put that back in your mouth. This is like in the in the between, you know? But I, I just, I, I'm waiting for the situation to happen. Like I also just think, again, like I said, could be really great at work if you have some like, you know, boss or maybe even like some male coworker who's trying to be condescending or mansplain or whatever. Like I just think, I'm sorry, can you repeat that? Is such a boss move. I like I'm I'm waiting for it. I just want someone to say something offensive to me so I can be like, "Oh, can you repeat that?" to make somebody repeat an insult it's that so they funny. thought was going to be like, you know, passive aggressive and uh-huh. just and you're going to out passive aggressive them. It is really such a boss <laughs> move to be like, "I think you should say that to me again." <laughs> and I'm actually sad that I'm not going well, home. Are for- you going like are you saying it like that or are you kind of pretending you didn't hear it? Like what's the what's the energy behind it that you picture? I'm picturing a like plain dumb, you know I heard it, but I'm going to be like, oh, I'm sorry. Do you mind repeating that? So I think that's a more power move because I think you haven't risen to their level. Like when you get yeah. mad, you lose. And they can be like, they can just start laughing or like gassing other people up to laugh at you. And like we were talking about this, like when two people chime in, also you lose. So if you just sort of stay calm and you play yeah. dumb a little bit, I feel like that's better. Because I feel like when you've, when you've like negged me to like come up to your level, I've also lost. Yeah. I just want to make you look stupid. We'll post this too, like I said, but that was from November 21st and that was the skim, but like via Nedra. Uh, So we just want to talk about that. It's always relevant, especially as we go into the holidays. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much it. One thing I do have to say, Raina, did you watch the most recent White Lotus? We'll talk about the third week in a row. Yes, I did. Okay. I have to say, I read a lot of tweets and commentary on White Lotus. Jennifer Coolidge Twitter is where it's at. (laughs) You have to, what people are saying about her, especially after this last episode, which at this point, what there's another one, but the one where she's just doing coke with the gays and it's incredible. Uh But I think there's two types of people watching White Lotus. I think that there's people that are saying, when is something going to happen 
And then there's people that are saying everything's happening. So I'm glad that you brought this up because I was reading commentary about White Lotus last night with people being like, nothing's happening. But what? I think everything's that, happening. I think you're missing the point of the show. The point of the show is to watch how people interact with each other. I feel it evokes so much emotion to yeah. watch. My favorite thing in the world is watching these two couples like juxtaposed to each other yeah. and like how they are responding to different scenarios in terms of being attracted to each other and cheating and sex with each other. And I find it so fascinating. Yeah, I guess nothing is happening. No, but I also don't agree. Like I totally disagree. Um, I also don't know what people mean by nothing is happening. Like you want like a murder every five seconds. Like Thank the you. entire cast is fucking the same prostitute. <laughs> no, I'm saying there's two types of people and one group is smarter and I'm not going to say, but if you know, you know, if you're watching this say nothing's happening, like, yes, what do you want? Like, everything's happening. Like it's wild to me, the buildup of all these different stories. There's so many different storylines happening at one time. Mm -hmm. Now, finally the hotel manager is hooked up with the woman for the first time. Like Mm -hmm. everything's happening. Yes. There is so much sex and there's so much just like deep emotion. I just, it pulls at my like emotions every single second. I love watching, what is her name? Um, the assistant. Oh, Portia. Portia. I love watching her like sort of reject this guy who's like traditionally conventional and go with this guy who's like a little wild and crazy. Now she's sort of like realizing like maybe that was a bad choice here. And like so much is happening emotionally just with how we think about the world and our lives and sex interact with each other. I mean, I don't know what they want. No, it's just, listen, there's two types of people. You you hear me. You got to say. Also, can you tell me like what other shows is more stuff happening? (laughs) Thank you. I thought this would get you all riled like, up. Like, I just, I want to know, like, what people want from a show. Because when you think about, like, the most famous shows of all time, like, Seinfeld, nothing happens <laughs> ever in any episodes. Like, or, like, I don't know, like, Friends, like, you need somebody to, like, adopt a monkey every single episode. <laughs> it's just, it's not a show about, like, wild and crazy antics. But, like, I think about all my favorite shows of all time. And, like, other than, like, The Sopranos, where they murder somebody every episode, I don't know what people want to happen. Yeah. I mean, also, like, I think there's a lot of shows that you could qualify as being slow moving. And I felt a little bit more like that in season one, but I don't even feel like that now. Like, I feel like shit is happening. Like, I am enthralled with everything that's happening. I am too. Every single five minutes, something else happens. And there's so many characters and storylines. I'm insulted by these people, but I'm glad you brought that up because I saw that too. And I thought, I paused for a second and I was like, huh, is nothing happening on this show? Am I stupid? And then I was like, no, they're stupid. They don't get it. They don't get it. So um, much is happening. Oh, and then of course I love that meme that was like, no one knows anybody's names on the show. It's just- It's perfect. It's, it's that you, Jennifer <laughs> Pullen, Plaza. Theo James, Aubrey Plaza, son, Aubrey Pla- father, husband. grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer Coolidge's assistant. Well, do, so I, Portia is the name that stands out to me. Do you, I'm going to ask you a question, see if you know this. Okay. Do you know Jennifer Coolidge's name in the show? Gun to your head. Wait, Can yeah. you even um, say her first name? I'm trying to think about her husband. You're not going to get her. it. I just uh, looked it up last night. You're not going to get it. I'm not going to get it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's on the tip of my tongue. No, it's I'm not. I'm not going to get it. <laughs> I can feel that it's I not. Went, <laughs> um, it was when he's yelling at her, it's Nancy. No, it's not. It is. Um, can I have a vowel? Can I have a letter? Can somebody give me a hint? Okay, fine. Knowing that you were never going to get this, I'll give you a hit. Okay. It starts with a T. Teresa? <laughs> Tanya. It's Tanya. <laughs> but I never in a billion years would have guessed that. So I literally was on Jennifer Coolidge Twitter last night being like, oh my God, her name's Tanya. I just <laughs> forgot. I would, 
And also, I couldn't tell you, it's Aubrey Plaza and Aubrey Plaza's husband. And Theo James and Theo James's wife. And we love her. And the I'm girl a from the, huge stan of her. the bold type. Yeah, we love her. I don't know her name. Couldn't tell you. We love the show and we are on the edge of our seat with everything that's been happening. Okay. So I love gift giving at this time of year, but when finding great gifts, things can really start to add up. And that's why this season I am shopping with Quince. Quince is the go-to place for luxury essentials at affordable prices for everyone on my list, including myself. We'd like to thank Quince for supporting our show. Go to quince.com slash GGE to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your order. So I'm really, really glad I found this company and this site. Everything is is so affordable, but looks really luxury. Uh, so as you're perusing it, they have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters. They have washable silk tops and dresses. They have cotton sweaters and all kinds of comfy stuff, like just cozy pants that you can wear. I love the colors. I love the styles, but the prices is, are really the reason to shop here on top of obviously the selection. Prices are 50 to 80% less than similar brands. So it's unbelievable. It partners directly with top factories to cut out the cost of the middleman and it just passes the savings directly on to you from Quince. And I just love what they're doing. I love the styles. There's so much variety and it is such a one-stop shop, whether you're shopping for kids, your significant other, your parents, anybody will really love this. You can get affordable luxury for everyone on your list with Quince. Go to quince.com slash GGE to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your order. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E.com slash GGE for free shipping and 365 day returns. Okay, we want to thank HelloFresh for supporting Girls Gotta Eat. Go to HelloFresh.com slash GGE free and use the code GGE free for a free breakfast for life, one breakfast item per box while subscription is active. So whether your goal is to save money, eat better, stress less around mealtime, or maybe you want to learn how to cook, HelloFresh is fantastic for that. There is so much variety. I love their lunches and dinners. I love their easy cleanup. They call them quick and easy meals. They have 15-minute recipes. Everything's broken out into really simple steps to follow. So they send all these pre-portioned ingredients. There's so much variety on the site. So I'm just like looking at what they have right now. Cheesy pork and fried pickle burgers. Ashley and I are obsessed with the burgers. Sizzling garlic herb butter steak. Oh my gosh. Crunchy curried chickpea bowls. So when I go through this, I think like there's so much stuff that's great for vegetarians or stuff that's great for kids. I love it for a girl's night or a date night. Whatever you're kind of looking for at your mealtime, I really recommend HelloFresh and they just make it so simple. Go to HelloFresh.com slash GGE free and use the code GGE free for a free breakfast for life. One breakfast item per box while subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash GGE free with code GGE free. Okay, let's get into it with our guest, and we are going to shoot over to that interview. Yes, we are very excited, guys, to welcome our guest today for an awesome topic. She is a psychotherapist and a licensed marriage and family therapist behind the hugely popular Instagram account, Sit With Wit. She is the author of the book, Toxic Positivity, Keeping It Real in a World Obsessed with Being Happy. She has been featured in the New York Times, Psychology Day, Good Morning America, and now the show. Please welcome to the show, Whitney Goodman. Hi, thank you for having me. Hi. Thanks for joining us. Our audience is so excited about this topic. <laughs> and we have been wanting to talk about this for literal years. And we've just been wanting the, the right person to come on and discuss it with us. 
Awesome. Well, thank you. I'm excited. Well, do you want to start, just tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into what you're doing and just kind of your, your short story? Yeah. So I am a marriage and family therapist. I work with a lot of young adults on family issues, uh, in-laws, parents, things like that. I provide virtual therapy now. And then the other part of my work is writing things for social media. Okay. Okay. Why specifically like family therapy, in-laws, things like that? I have always been so fascinated by how families work. I think they are really the core that impacts every decision that we make in our life. And I've also seen a lot of people become so messed up because of what happens in the family. And I think if we can get back to that and understand it more, we can have a much better life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you are who you are based on how you were brought up in your family dynamics. And we've really tackled so much on this show. And we recently did an episode about your relationship. I mean, mainly uh, women with their mothers. And we love to talk about it. But this has been something we haven't really dove into this mama's boy, for lack of a better word, just essentially, I mean, mostly focusing on women who have a male partner and their issues with him and his mom in terms of like lack of boundaries. You know, the mom is competitive with the girlfriend or the fiance or the wife and the microaggressions and all the things that come with it. Um, Let me ask you this. Do you see this a lot in your practice? Definitely. I think (laughs) it it comes up a lot when people first get married, when they're dating, um, when a baby comes into the picture where there can be all these milestones where there's tension uh, between like a female partner and their husband's mom or even sisters. Like this happens in that dynamic as well. That came up a lot, actually. People were like, talk about the sister. We're like, we'll do that the next episode. (laughs) But a lot of these things that came up, we'll dive into why this dynamic occurs and how to manage it as both the partner and what you can ask your boyfriend or husband to do. But um, so many of these things are like little microaggressions and they're hard to put sort of words to it that doesn't make it sound silly or superfluous. And we'll give you some examples, but a lot of these things are like, I told my man, my man was like, what are you talking about? You know? (laughs) Um, And so it's hard to manage these things. So I guess we can start with like, why does this dynamic of this like, quote unquote, mama's boy occur? This like too close, too intrusive, sort of jabby type of relationship that can happen. And competitive with his partners, which Mm -hmm. is crazy to me. But yeah, we just kind of want to, we want to get to the root of the issue. There's a lot of reasons why this might be happening, right? And this isn't an exhaustive list, but I think one is that sometimes mothers and their sons can form sort of this like pseudo marital bond, especially if the husband is out of the picture or not very emotionally attentive, where moms might be getting that type of relationship from their sons. And so they become too emotionally involved. And then when another woman enters the picture, it's like, wait, you're supposed to be here to meet my emotional needs. And now you have this other woman in your life that you're paying more attention to. And so some jealousy and things like that can pop up. There's also this idea that we all come from different family backgrounds, right? So what might be normal between me and my mom is not normal for you guys. And you bring a spouse into the picture and it's like, okay, wait, they're pointing out all these things that you didn't realize were issues. The other thing that I tend to see is that it's just a shifting of a dynamic. You know, the, the mom might have expected her son to end up with a different type 
of partner. And you see this come up when someone's a different religion, maybe a different look than they were expecting. They're from a different part of the country. Mm-hmm. And the parent has trouble like accepting that. And there can be a lot of headbutting around that topic. All of these, yeah, are so tough. and I, I, I feel like you would know probably if you know the the son, for example, was smart enough to realize which one it was. If it, if it was like an always problem or a oh weird she's Jewish problem or whatever it is. <laughs> but it's funny because I said this recently to um, a, my mom recently, a friend who has a really close relationship with her son. I was talking to my mom about this, like mm-hmm. you know, because th- this doesn't exist in our family. There's super healthy boundaries between my mom and my brother. And uh, but I was asking about her and her friends, and she mentioned one, and I immediately knew that the reason why is because of her relationship with her husband. And they're fine; they're together, but they just you can almost feel that she is like seeking something from her son that she isn't getting from her husband. He's just kind of absent, emotionally detached a little bit. Mm -hmm. And she developed this really close bond with her son. And it's like, that's can be pretty easy to pinpoint. I assume a lot of the time. I think for an outsider, yeah, but right. I, sometimes, <laughs> no, sometimes, not from inside, right? From inside the system, like you have to imagine that for some of these men, like that are getting with a partner, this might be the first time they're hearing about this, and you can get kind of defensive, almost of like, what do you mean my relationship with my mom is too close, or she shares too much with me, or that it's it can be a really big realization, which to the outside person is like this is obvious. You do not have good relationship or a good relationship with your mom or good boundaries. And they've never realized that because it's all they know. Uh-huh. And you're questioning almost the intent of it because I think from the son's point of view, I'm just using like heteronormative relationships. From the son's point of view, it can be like, but my mom loves me and she supports me. So you think this is too close? Like, what is that supposed to mean? Mm-hmm. Like, neither person really understands it. And I'm not going to spend too much time harping on my brother and my mom because <laughs> personally, I have not experienced this in a relationship with a significant other, but I watch it with my brother, my mom, and his wife. And my stepfather was out of town five days a week. I went away to college when my brother was 14 and it was just the two of them in the house for for four or five years for a long period of time. And so they developed this like closeness that like I don't have with her. Um, and so I think it could be really tough when another woman comes in. Absolutely. And, and even just the change of like how much you're talking, how much time you're spending together, the topics you're discussing. Like if if your son is always calling you about, you know, his problems and you're able to call him and now there's this other woman in the picture that's taking that away, it's an adjustment. I think a lot of parents go through that adjustment. Yeah, I, we, go, we go through those adjustments with best friends. But I mean, I know it's different when it's like your family, but when things shift at all. And so obviously that's why it's just the best to have the healthy boundaries in place in the, in the first place. But we want to just kind of, before we really dive in, if you don't mind, we'll just rattle off some of the things that we've heard. And Rainy, you can go through what you compiled recently. But even like um, we did an episode recently called Should I Be Mad About This? And so many things came up about he talks to his mom three to four times a day. Like she stops by all the time. You know, he tells her everything important in his life before he would ever tell me. We can't get through a dinner without her calling. Um, You want to go off on some of these? (laughs) Yeah, because I I think some of these are a little more, as we said, microaggressions and not as big of a deal. And some of these are really huge things like weddings, 
raising children, things like that. So I, there's definitely ways to address different ones. But yeah, like Ashley said, calling too much, need to talk constantly, stopping by all the time, making a lot of snide remarks. I'm feeling like as the partner that the mom's constantly criticizing you because you don't cook the same way she does or clean the same way that she does or take care of him the same way. And um, there's all these comments about like what you should or could be doing better. Um, comments about ex-girlfriends came up a lot uh, and <laughs> other women in their lives. A lot of contributing to the household, invasion of privacy, chores, um, financially supporting a mother also came up. Um, Her being at the house all the time, feeling undermined, mom having keys to the house. I don't want her to have keys. So I mean, there's a huge range of stuff. I had, I, my um, guy I dated right after college, like his mom was still like sending him boxers. Like, like she still bought his underwear. I was like, we're 23, you know, like I'm not saying that's that like old, but I was like, ew, just die. Like, did you just buy your own underwear? Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but I thought it was a little weird. <laughs> I guess, right. That's different ages, right? Like maybe it's still normal at 22, but at 30, I, I would find it weird if my man's mom sent him a pack of boxers <laughs> and they were like holiday themed. I was like, come on. Your mom sent you St. Patrick's Day boxers. What is going on here? And this is like such an interesting topic to me because I was talking to a couple different girlfriends this morning about how they experience this in their relationships. And every example, it sounds a little silly on the surface, but compounded with 30 other examples from this year of the constant poking, intrusiveness, undermining, really, I think, adds up and can be a lot to deal with. And and to tell your partner anything without insulting them is really tough because I don't think what you want to do is create a situation where you're pitted against this person's parents. I think you're pointing out a good thing that's happening here is like in all these dynamics, no matter what they are, it's the partner and the mom both saying, I want you to choose me. I want you to put me first. I want to get to be the one that makes the call here. And I think when we're adults and we partner with someone, we're forming our own new family, right? Whether you're married, living together, and you have to decide how are we going to handle outside influence, even if that's from my mom or my family. And if you consistently put your mother in front of your partner, eventually that's going to come to a head. This is even more difficult when you have a mom that's maybe emotionally immature, narcissistic in some ways, not understanding, that that's, I think, when the boundaries end up getting more and more intense. But the the man or whoever it is in this relationship has to be willing to sit with their partner and say like, all right, I need to hear how this is impacting you and try to get a sense of what this feels like for you, even if I love my mom and I don't think she's doing anything wrong. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's there's so many, every case is different because you also could have a girlfriend that you're like, you want too much. You, you, you're the narcissist here or something, you know? So it's like, there's never, every case, case by case basis would be different. But I mean, I, I think at a baseline, like I'm sure you see this a lot and we see it a lot where the it feels an impossible task to even get the male partner to validate it's his mom. Yeah, mm-hmm. and some of these things sound so quote-unquote sensitive, but you're like, but this is my my reality. This perception of this is my reality. So how can you even bring it up? It's a really good idea to bring it up, like I think shortly after something has happened. So let's say you are at dinner, the mom makes a comment to you after the fact, just being like, Hey, did you notice like when your mom said this to me, this is what it felt like to me. This is what I heard. 
What do you think about that? And, and just trying to open up the conversation and even see what their perception is. Mm-hmm. And then from there, trying to create a dialogue about it. Like I can see how that doesn't seem like a big deal to you, but it's a big deal to me. And this is what it felt like when I heard what they were saying. And from there, you're going to figure out how your partner's going to respond, right? They're either going to be very defensive or open to hearing what you have to say after that. And then what if you really don't have negative interactions with the mom? It's just the constant has to talk all the time. And then you're getting into this territory of like, for me, I'm like, are you an adult? Like, do you have to consult your mom six times a day on these things? I mean, where can you even right. start when it comes to that? Because you almost feel like you're going to insult your partner. And But like, I don't want her as the third member of this relationship. <laughs> I'm all set. When I hear that somebody is like always asking their parents about things or consulting with them, it makes me think they probably don't have a lot of confidence in their decision making. Mm -hmm. And so they're always trying to outsource that. That's where I would want to start is like, you know, you can make your own decisions. It's okay for us to try to figure this out together. If we can't figure it out, then we'll call your mom. But instead of like jumping at them and being like, oh my gosh, you're always talking to your mom. Why are you doing that? Starting from this place of like, how can I help them feel like they have the ability to make decisions without their parent and make this more of like a team thing instead of beating them up for that? Okay, because I can see how it would feel like, yes, what you want to get across is that we're a team, but what you're saying to them is like, I don't want you to be a team with your mom. (laughs) (laughs) And somebody's just like, who are you to tell me this? It's, Mm -hmm. It's so tough. Well, and it's, you know... It's tough. It's different at different stages in the relationship, you know, because I could be dating somebody seriously, semi-seriously a few months in and his mom is being so weird to me. And it's not that like I need to be his new family and it needs to be he and I as a unit. I'm super close to my family. I don't I don't really go by the rules that like once you get married, you, have, you this is your new number one family. And it, like, I think that there is a way to f- have everybody be happy, at least so far. That's what I've seen in, in my family and my brother getting married and having a child and all these different types of things. So I'm not of this like... I need to be the number one. I would be like the middle ground of like, she's really intrusive and she's like making passive aggressive, taking shots at me, you know? So I'm coming at as it as not a place of like, you and I are a team. And it's more just like, can you get your mom? Can you get, get like, can you, <laughs> this is just like <laughs> crazy. <laughs> right, right. So first getting them to see it, I think is the important piece though of like, I like to first come in from this place of like, this person has no awareness of what's going on and not assume that they're doing something like bad or negligent Mm -hmm. right off the bat. Right. So like, just be like, do you notice that? Um, it seems like your mom's always telling us what to do or she's always intervening, whatever it is, because they might just have absolutely no clue that that's what's going on. And, and I agree there is this fine line, but there's also this idea of like what decisions are for us to make and what Mm -hmm. decisions do we need to have outside consultation on. And that was something I was figuring out when I got married. I was the one always bringing in my mom. And it was Mm -hmm. like, that's, your mom doesn't really need to decide what house we buy. You know, like that's a decision that should be between us. Can you ask opinions? 
And this, I think a lot of people will grow out of this too. I mean, I think that that's, I can absolutely see you're, you're young, you're a young couple, even if you're getting married, you're buying a home, it, like you're deciding where to live, how to do certain things in life. You're, those are the ages where I was still asking for my parents' input on everything. So you have two 25-year-olds, it's like, of course the parents are going to be like, you guys don't know what you're doing. <laughs> right. And it's different at 35, I, I would think. So- there's like little things that I feel like it's hard to draw these boundaries because you're like, these are so little and there's so many of them. And I mean, I, again, I, I haven't really experienced this in my own relationships, but I watch it happen with my sister-in-law and my mom and no one's really doing anything wrong, but I understand like why it bothers everybody. This one thing comes up all the time with them. Every time my brother talks about like making dinner with my sister-in-law, my mom always has to say like, well, your brother really cooks it. She just sort of sits there. She's the sous chef. She's just kind of chopping stuff. She always just has to like make a jab to like let everybody know that like it's my brother who's really in control. He's driving, you know, he's driving the car in the situation. And I, these are like little nothings, but like it would drive me crazy. My sister-in-law has never expressed to me that it drives her crazy, but I'm tangentially a little annoyed. Um, And I think these type of things can add up. So I like your advice of like just telling your partner, I'd like you to just listen for these things because I can tell you all day these are happening, but like, do you notice this? Is there any other thing that somebody could like do other than like, please just observe this yourself? Well, when that's happening, it's okay to ask, like, why do you always say that? What do you mean by that? Because there's an intention behind your mom saying that she's trying to put somebody down. She's trying to make a statement. And sometimes people, when you ask them that question, it gives them a minute to like, think about why they're saying that. And and she might just realize in that moment, like, oh gosh, I don't know why I keep saying that or find out, oh, it's kind of mean. Let's <laughs> say that out loud. Right. It, it's okay to compa- like kindly ask, just like, why do you keep saying that? I guess you're right. Sometimes we don't even know that what we're saying is read as mean. Mm-hmm. You know, you think you're complimenting one person, but you're really insulting a different person. Yes. So what are some ways not to approach this like because again I think this is every case is different but some tones and mindsets and kind of what not to do when it comes to thinking about addressing this with your partner I wouldn't start right out the gate by trying to really separate your partner from their mother Mm -hmm. of like maybe disparaging them your mom's a bad person you shouldn't be around her she doesn't care about you and coming in like really hot with that is not a good idea um, also again, assuming that your partner sees what's going on and that they're aware of it and they don't care about you if they're not acknowledging it right away, like giving them some time to become aware of these patterns and also realizing that your partner might want to have a different relationship with their mother than you necessarily want them to have. Mm-hmm. So figuring out how can they have that relationship and you guys also still have a good relationship at the same time. Okay. And like, how can I set boundaries around this stuff that doesn't make me look like I'm being unreasonable or unfair? And I don't, I don't want you to not have a relationship with your mom. I just, I also want to feel like a priority and like I'm being respected. Saying that is, is a perfect thing to say of like, I want us all to have a good relationship and I'm trying to figure that out. There are things that you're allowed to set boundaries around. Like if, if the woman, the mom keeps showing up at your house unannounced and coming in the door. That's your space. You're allowed Mm -hmm. to say, I want your mom to contact us before she comes over. And we can set that boundary. You're not saying your mom can't come over and she can't Mm -hmm. see us. 
It's just here is a limit around that. And so I think trying to be reasonable around those boundaries is fair and you cannot control everyone's reaction to those boundaries. Yeah. Where do you go from a point of trying to express this to your partner and them just not just complete defensiveness, not willing to hear it? Can you go anywhere from there? It's very hard to. I think when someone's not willing to hear something, not willing to entertain it, it becomes like, okay, how can I protect myself? How can I set boundaries? Particularly in cases where their mother is being really cruel, mean, abusive to you. If your partner's not going to join you in protecting Mm -hmm. yourself, you might have to assert that boundary yourself or decide I can't be in this relationship if you're not Mm going to put me first. Do you see, like, what, how often do you see that when you mm-hmm. have a couple come to you? I'm sure our families present all kinds of issues and sisters came up too and we can talk about that. But what do you say to people um, if a man just says to you or um, a woman that just says like, I, I think that this is too sensitive and ridiculous and I don't even know how to approach this and I'm not going to approach it with my mom. In that case, I, I would really advise the partner to decide, can you be in a relationship with a person that is saying these things. Is this something you can tolerate and that you're okay with? And everyone will make a different choice with that, but you have to decide, am am I okay living with this if this never changes? And that's Mm -hmm. the reality, I think, for a lot of couples. Okay, so what kind of language do you give somebody if if, if the partner then is like, fine, I'll talk to my mom, fine. Um, What kind of language can you give them to go back to their parent and not say stuff like, well, she just thinks you're being a bitch or she thinks you're not being friendly. She doesn't want you to come over so much. Right. This is like the second huge hurdle Mm -hmm. is like the the son having to talk to the mom. It stresses me out. Yeah. It's very stressful because I think now the the mom can then or the parent can turn it around on their child and be like, you don't care about me. You know, you want me to not do X, Y, and Z that I would recommend the son or child in this situation start off from a very kind place, right? Like, mom, I know you love so-and-so. I know you care about us. I really want us all to have a good relationship. This is something we've noticed keeps happening And I want to talk to you about it and just opening up the door for that conversation. It's probably not going to go well the first time you talk about it. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't expect that, you know, like you have to keep working at this stuff. I like we've noticed this. Um, And you said that I was immediately sort of like doesn't make just the significant other the problem because I can see a lot of scenarios where a man is just like, she just thinks you're being a bitch to work and you stop, mm-hmm. you know? And mm-hmm. it instantly puts the mother on the defensive. It makes the significant other the villain. Yeah. yeah. Like oh, it's not going to actually, it's not going to tarnish the son's relationship. It's just going to make the mom yeah. not like you. Yeah. 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 I wonder, I'm, I'm just thinking like, for example, if my brother came to me, it was like, mom's doing this thing. I'd be like, I'll, I'll, I'll talk to her. <laughs> like, I wonder if you ever kick against it. Like, it's, it's just because I'm a, I'm a woman. That's my mom. You know, like, I feel like I've had to kind of, I've had to have some talks with her sometimes where it's, I, it's so receptive coming for me because it's not the person. Not that they're, they have a lot of tension, but there was one thing where I was like, let me handle this, and I got in there. Well, so. Ashley's family is wonderful and rational and <laughs> kind. Okay, but I, I, if I feel like if, if my dad was doing something weird, I'd be like, Matt, can you go handle this? Yeah, <laughs> like we have to divide. 
divide and conquer. Yes, well, they're wonderful. My family is insane. And I have tried to float the idea to my mom that she is crazy to my sister a lot. And she's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, you have kind of tried to do that. Well, so we had this crazy experience at the wedding where my mom gave a whole speech about my brother and never brought up my sister-in-law's name. And at the very end, my mom was like talking about how my brother is everything she's ever wanted in a child. He's basically the only thing she's ever wanted in a child. And she goes on and on. And then she ends the speech and she says my sister-in-law's name finally. And she just goes, and she is very lucky. (laughs) And that was the whole speech. And we've made fun of this for years. And my mom gets so defensive because she's like, I'm, I'm not intrusive. I don't bother them. Like, from her point of view, she is really, she's just chilling, you yeah. know? It, and if I make fun of it and suggest that she doesn't just chill, she is not receptive to it. <laughs> but, you know, I think that for me is if my partner, I, I could deal with a lot if my partner saw it too and had my back. You know, yeah. like I think it's so much different if your boyfriend, husband, fiance is like, I know, like, she's crazy, but I like, you just, you know, I'll make sure she doesn't come by anymore, but can you just, can we try to chill on this? But to me, it's like, if I have his recognition that he sees this too, I can put up with a lot. I can be like, she's, you know, going to come at me and I'm going to let it roll off my back. She's not my mom, whatever. But the hardest part would be someone that can't see it and clearly doesn't have my back. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, I I totally agree. And I think I can put up with a lot as long as he's just like, listen, just deal with this for a couple hours, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, then you feel like a team and not like it's your your spouse and their mom against you. And you guys can even laugh about it. Like, oh my God, can you believe my mom said that crazy thing at dinner instead of it feeling like you're the one that's on like the attack receiving Mm -hmm. end. Mm -hmm. Um, What about with weddings? This came up, and you brought it up also, too, um, when you're getting married and feeling like the mother-in-law-to-be is really interfering a lot, because we've seen this happen, and it really puts a strain on people. This is another time where I think the dynamics are so nuanced and complicated, where moms can sometimes use the wedding as like the wedding they never had. Um, They get competitive with the bride. They feel like their son's being taken away from them. That in any of these situations, I think you have to figure out, like, how do we want to play this? What types of demands are we going to entertain from the parent? And how are we going to set boundaries together? And then, I mean, well, typically, you know, because we always say parents that are paying for it get in there. And so it always gets tricky. Like if, but that would, you know, typically traditionally be the, the bride's parents, but there could certainly be a world in which the mother-in-law or mother-in-law-to-be is fronting some money and therefore feels like she can be making decisions. Yeah, and um, sometimes that's true, right? Like, mm-hmm. if they're paying for it, maybe that's their decision to make. It's called... I mean, I, I, again, I'm like, I'm not even saying that they're wrong. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> so. <laughs> um, what about something more serious, like, when you are starting to have children and you feel like a mm-hmm. mom or, like, a grandma now is, like, Ooh. picking at the way that you raise your child? This one is so hard. And I think you have to get really comfortable at saying, like, I appreciate your input. This is how I'm parenting. This is what we've chosen to do. Um, Or, you know, you got to parent your children already and do it the way that you wanted. And this is the way that we're going to parent. And this is where it's 
so important to be a team as co-parents like yeah. with and being firm in your decisions. It's not my first thought to like defend myself and clap back at somebody. Usually I let these things go for like a while and there's like five times that somebody's done this to me and then I'm just like mad. So it's hard to turn that around. So if this has become like a pattern and not just like one thing, is there any other like advice you have? Cause I think the children's stuff can just feel really judgmental and jabby. Absolutely. Sometimes when things become a pattern and you snap, it's because you didn't say something early enough so I would always encourage people like when, when things start feeling bad, bring it up sooner rather than later, because otherwise it's probably going to get worse. We always say too, like you, your relationship can look like whatever you want it to look like. And it doesn't have to be spending every holiday with these people or whatever it is. I mean, I could see a world in which there's a healthy relationship and the son isn't going to be estranged from his family and they're never going to like you. And you're willing to be like, I'm not going to spend a lot of time with them. You know, I'm going to go see my family and we're going to come back together in the city where we live or whatever it may be. Like figuring out, like you said, how everybody can coexist or calling it. <laughs> yep. How often do you see it work? But like the I know the girlfriend or the sister or the, the girlfriend or the wife is like, let's spend some time together and try to get to know each other and like each other. Like, do you see it happen a lot that the mom's like has this epiphany moment where they like really get along and love each other? I do when it's around certain things, like kind of these surface level things that like just don't fit into their vision, but they come around on. Um, that I've seen work when it comes to things like religion, race, things like that, where people have these very fixed mindsets and they're not willing to budge. That's where I think it gets more challenging, um, to see that work out. The, the parent has to have some level of insight and awareness for this to happen. Uh-huh. Do you see the other stuff get repaired? The incessant phone calls and calling and stopping by and passive aggressive comments. I mean, do you see moms change? A hundred percent. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think when it's handled the right way and the parent has insight and they're able to kind of see their way, there's also a a point in time, I think where parents might realize like, Hey, I got to change my ways or I'm not going to have a place in my kid's life. Mm-hmm. And so the, the onus of responsibility is also on that adult to figure out what's a new way for us to relate. And I'm, I'm curious what you think about understanding, especially if you're the partner that's frustrated with this, that this is, can be a long game and this is changing a family dynamic and it's not going to happen overnight and it's not going to happen with one conversation. And if you're seeing a little bit of progress, it's great. And it could get to the point that is livable for everybody over time. Yes. That patience is so important because I think people try to jump the gun too quickly Mm -hmm. sometimes with these really hard and fast boundaries and rules. And it can be shocking to a system that's been operating like this for generations. And so remembering that you're an outsider, you're introducing new things and it might take some time for things to change. Yeah, because I think these dynamics have existed sometimes for three decades before you walked into the picture a lot of times, and you're this new thing, and I can understand somebody's mom being like, who the fuck is this to tell me that I'm calling too much? I can't show up <laughs> at my kid's house. I raised this person. Exactly. Okay? I buy his boxer yeah. still, and I'm going to keep doing it. <laughs> I mean, I, I will say that that relationship... I thought some things were weird. We were long distance, so I didn't see his mom a lot, but she was just not my kind of woman. I just, she wasn't cool. Like my mom, she wasn't funny. Like, but I, 
just sucked up to her and kissed her ass and just turned into the person that I felt like she would like. And it worked. I mean, mm-hmm. I remember going to a wedding and she was there. I sat next to the whole time. I was like, we were just talking about the Clemson game. You know, I just was like, I'm just going to really make an effort. Like I am likable and there's no need for me to like win or, or something. Like I just, if I can just make her like me, I have one. And I just really went kind of hard on be trying to be likable for her. And it it really, it turned out, I feel like she just started to back off of him more and really was supportive of the relationship while it lasted. And, uh, you know, I am, I'm stubborn and I can have ego about stuff, but that I just was willing to, I decided to make an effort instead of being like, she doesn't like me and she's not, Mm -hmm. she, she like, I wonder sometimes if you're just like, you just don't like the mom. You're like, she sucks. And so you're, you don't want to make the effort, but sometimes you have to make the effort too. For sure. I think I want to walk away from these situations feeling like I made the biggest effort possible. I do the right thing as the partner. I show up and I bring flowers. I try to help cook. I try to engage. And I just want to feel like if it's not being reciprocated kindly, that at least my partner acknowledges it and validates it. And we all want to just be validated for how we're feeling. And I think that it's, I love that we're like validating also that like not, you don't have to be best friends with your partner's mom. Like it's okay. And like, maybe you just don't spend that much time there. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know how many, how much time we're really spending with our partner's families. What if few holidays a year, maybe you have kids, it's a little more, but as long as you're trying, I think that's all you can really ask of yourself. And here's another thing too. I mean, I've definitely heard of situations that there is a super tight knit family and they live close enough and there's a Sunday dinner, you know, every Sunday. And you, you know, as kind of the family dynamic is that the partners are expected to be there too. And at what point can you be like, I can't do this every week. I love you. And I think your family's fine. And I love that you have a close relationship, but like, you know, those things are tricky too, where you're like, I'm not refusing to spend time with your family, but it's a lot. Mm -hmm. But you're allowed to opt out of that. Yeah. Like that's not mean, or I think we're talking about such a spectrum of stuff here, right? Like not wanting to spend every Sunday with your in-laws or not maybe like (laughs) your personalities being like that good of a match is not abusive or cruel or wrong. Like that's just life. You don't get along with everybody or want to see them every week. And so I think we have to be careful not to have these really like black and white interpretations of like, if they don't come to dinner every Sunday, they hate us and they're mean. When really it could just be like, oh, they need a break. Uh-huh. Mm. I had to like really draw some boundaries with the Nexus family. His mom was really, she had a lot of really serious problems, like really serious psychological problems. And um, it was a lot for me to be around them the way that she interacted with her children, what she really needed from her ex-husband, what she needed from my boyfriend at the time. Um, And so I did kind of opt out of spending a lot of time there because I just, it was uncomfortable for me. I did as much as I could to be as kind as I could, but it wasn't always the most comfortable situation. And he at least validated it and was like, yeah, I know it's a lot. And I did what I could. And like, as long as I showed that I was making some effort, that was our compromise, you know? Yeah. And I think it probably, you know, I think a little can can go a long way with some of these moms. If you just validate their relationship with their son, like a little bit, you know, like if you at least give them a like, oh my gosh, that thing that you did for him or you sent him was so cute. Like I, I, that's the shit that I did. I just sucked up, you know, (laughs) I, I felt like I needed to make her feel special and that I really respected the relationship with her son in order to get her to accept me 
and then hopefully back off a little because the the mom likes you so much that they trust that you're a good enough partner for their son. Yeah, and you both have the same goal, right? Like you both love the same person and care about the same person and want everybody to get along in whatever that looks like. When we it comes to something bigger, it comes to financial support, or we have, you know, the mom's trying to live with you. I mean, that can be for a bunch of different reasons and people can fall ill and different things like that. But uh, the financial support, how do you even tackle that? Because to me, I, I dealt with a situation that I didn't go about it the right way. It's so tricky. It's really tricky. This is a conversation I think about like values, cultural norms, and like ability. I don't think it's fair to expect adults to support their parents when they can't. Like if they actually don't have the ability and are going to tank their own family in the process. But there are a lot of families where that is the norm. It's expected for us to sacrifice everything for our parents to move them in with us, whatever it is that Mm -hmm. I would always approach this from the perspective of like, okay, what meaning do you put on this? What values did you grow up with? What's your story in your own family? And let's try to understand where each other is coming from this. Instead of just being like, no, your mom's not moving in with us. That's crazy. We're not giving her money. (laughs) You know? Yeah. And at least trying to have the conversation, you know, because then you're just both on the defensive. Yeah. I mean, I can even see a level of where you just are. It's not so much that you're, you can't afford your own family, you know, but it's just that you like, you want to go on a vacation. You want to do something that's just an extra and your husband or or partner is giving a lot of money to his parents. And I mean, I just, you got to tread so lightly and that could be a long road too. You might not get to go on that vacation that that year. (laughs) This is true. (laughs) (laughs) Um, anything else that you see come up as like a really huge issue between significant others and mothers that are sort of pitting them against each other and any other like type of advice you would give? And I'm just curious, I know that you do this a lot. So any, anything else you see come up quite frequently? Yeah. You know, something I'm seeing a lot is now with women working a lot more and being maybe out of the house, not being stay at home moms, that there's this big, uh, conflict between like kind of what you expect your wife to do compared to what your mom did and this amount of labor that's like happening Mm -hmm. in the house or what men are doing now in, in, you know, these heteronormative relationships that I think I see such a difference between what men are expected to do today and what their dads did and maybe what women are still carrying in the home while also working, that there's a lot of conflict, I think, around what's expected. So this came up and people saying like him expecting me to be his mother mm-hmm. essentially. Yes. And what yes. I took from that is that, you know, like to take care of him the way his mom did. And maybe your mom, maybe his mom didn't work, you know, right. maybe her job was to be a mom and your job is to be a mom and also have an outside job. So what do we even say in these situations? Cause like, I'm not going to be able to be your mom and that should be a, well, and then totally if, okay. if he wants you to be the mom and then the mom wants you to be the mom and she's doubling down and then you're like, I'm fucked. <laughs> And I can't even cook. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I think that's the problem is that then his mother is also measuring you on like an impossible <laughs> yeah. standard, right? So being, this is something I think every couple needs to talk about from the start. Like, what are you looking for in a partner? Because there are some people out there that are actually looking for someone to cook and clean 
and stay at home and raise their children. And like, you need to make sure you're on the same page about that. So it's not like you have a baby and they're like, oh wait, no, you're going to quit your job tomorrow. Right. And you haven't talked about this, which I see happen way more than it should. So having these types of, of conversations about expectations is huge. I, I always say like, I always thought I would be a mom my whole life. And then I took a moment to really think through the steps of what does my life look like if I am a parent and think through each of those things. And I think we're not having those conversations with our partners enough day one of like, who do you actually see raising the children? Mm-hmm. What time do you see dinner being on the table? Do you see dinner being yeah. on the table? Do I? Do you see me cooking it or are you cooking <laughs> it? Yeah, exactly. For real, like, are you are you okay with hiring help if you have the resources to do so? Like yes. this, when I, I see this go wrong, and I'm like, how did you, like we we sometimes think people want to get to the altar so badly that they don't ask the questions because they don't want to know the answers or mm-hmm. they just don't know any better. But yeah, it's like have the conversation, have the conversation. But we don't have you for much longer. We know you have a heart out, but can we do, you know, five minutes on sisters? Sure. And is it the same, you know, like with the moms and how to approach it or why does it happen? I mean, you tell us. I think it depends a lot on um, how the siblings are ordered sometimes. Like if you have a, a youngest boy with sisters, there can be that very similar dynamic to mothers. Sometimes when there is no father in the home, the brother ends up kind of in that fatherly role with the sisters. And so there's really complicated dynamics there that then when you bring a new person into the family, like, wait, he's supposed to be operating as my dad, or he's kind of like my son. And everyone gets shuffled around that we kind of have to give people time to Mm -hmm. settle into those new roles. Yeah, we got one that said, little sister obsessed with older brother. I um, dated him. And I've seen it and it, it helps. It does help when this, that sister finds a partner, you know, she's almost looking at her brother as her partner. And we've seen sisters and brothers, like their photos were like, Oh my God. Like they're, she's like on his lap. Like it's, we've seen a little too close. Um, I think that if somebody doesn't like you and my advice to sisters that like seem to hate you, um, is to try to befriend them. I mean, that would be my first thing is that you actually are peers. You actually are the same age. So like find time to spend together that is outside of with the partner. If they can see that you're not a threat and you want to have a relationship with them, it can help. But I've dated people that like the sister is like sitting on his lap or calling a lot or he's mm-hmm. calling her to like make decisions and I'm like I'm literally right here this is crazy yeah. I'll fight your sister I don't care I'll suck up to your mom but I'll fight I'm kidding I'm, I'm kidding but okay so just kind of same type of thing and realizing that just like patience really is such the key here wait him out and and yeah and and see, I'm here to stay yeah, yeah exactly bolt or you gotta wait it out and just right. I mean just take notice of small improvements right like we're, sure. we're if we're gonna be together for the long haul or even for a significant period of time let's just hope that this is a blip on the radar we get to a place where everybody can coexist happily um well Winnie I know you have to jump but uh thank you this is really great I know people are going to want to find you find your Instagram your website your book everything we didn't really get to talk about your book but I was reading it this morning Um, it's it's a really interesting topic about toxic positivity um and why we don't have to always be so happy all the time um so it's a great book I want to validate that I'm really enjoying it so tell everybody where they can find you yes you can find me on Instagram other social media at sit with wit my website is sitwithwit.com and my book and everything else is linked all through there. 
Okay. Great. Thank you so much. This was really great. We appreciate it. And you guys know where to find us, girlsgottoeat.com. We are Girls Gotta Eat Podcast on Instagram. I am Ash Hess. Raina is Raina.greenberg. You guys can always email stories at girlsgottoeat.com and vibes only, vibes only on Instagram, vibesonly.com. And Girls Gotta Eat Podcast on TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) That's it, guys. Have a great week. Bye. 